The Gutter Trash episode number 209. My friend Dahmer. My name is Eric. And I am known as Jason. Are you? Yeah. About town. Okay. Yeah. Just in inner circles. Uh, oh, yeah, the outer circles. Uh, I don't even have any idea what I'm known as. Uh, and then secret places. Do you have like a, a handshake or uh I Oh, yeah. I love secret handshake. Man, I do love it. I, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had our own secret handshake. We could develop one. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Just for me and you? Huh? Yeah. Just for me and you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we can maybe sell it to the listener. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for three easy installments of fifty nine ninety five, you too can shake hands like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Hell yeah. yeah. So, uh, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Uh, I said I've got a little bit of a cold and I'm trying to... Uh, nurse, nurse that away. Please do. Okay. Away from here. I will try. Yeah. <clears throat> I took a nap, so that should help. Eh, that never helps. Uh, <laughs> it gives you a little bit more rest, though, you know. Fight well, off those. It also gives the disease a little bit of a rest. Oh, that's true. It's come back stronger. Gives it a warm place to nap for yep. a while. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> disease nap. Man, I saw them uh, open for the Melvins once. They are great. <laughs> Uh oh. Fuck. You're not, oh, you're our, man, it's happening fast. Gwyneth Paltrow must have been around. <laughs> I did hear Coldplay on the radio today. Maybe. Oh. Maybe it travels that that rapidly. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Through radio waves. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, wouldn't that be scary? That would be scary. And now, I, now the thousands of people listening to us are infected. <laughs> by thousands of people you mean the five people that listen to us and their diseases yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry about your luck jeremy and brian <laughs> Kurt. oh man so yeah other than that things are good uh, no 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 they, they are adequate hmm Sometimes adequate's all we need. Yeah, I'd like a little more. Mm-hmm. I would like a little more. Did you think this book was more than adequate? Um, yes, I did. Yeah? Yeah. Did you? I did. That's good. Liked it more than I expected to. Okay. The end. <laughs> <laughs> now what should we talk about? Huh? Now what should we talk about? Uh, or we just go home? We should just go home. Okay. <laughs> We're already there. Man, you're... Yeah. You're so lucky. I'm good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I actually want to talk about this book. Okay. Uh, My Friend Dahmer by Durf Back Durf. Mm. Uh, this is, uh, I think, according to, to the introduction in the book, like his third attempt to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say most successful attempt. Uh, Sam, I've never seen the others. Have you? Have you? Uh, there was only one other published version. 
Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I actually do own that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it was the very first time you and I ever went to space. Okay. Uh, Durf was there uh, as he uh, just went by Durf at that point in time. Right. Um, and uh, he had his uh, the the 22-page, you know, normal comic-sized version uh, uh, available there. Okay. And I uh, just happened to glance at it, and uh, uh, he, uh, he he gave me the sales pitch, and, uh, and, and I bought it. <laughs> Sweet. Did, did you, you know, like as, it? as we usually try to avoid whenever we go to space. I know. Wow. So yeah. he, he's one of the ones that slipped that, that, in. Yeah, yeah. Slipped in through your Achilles heel. Yeah. And I'm glad he did because I really liked it. Oh, okay. You like that version too? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's autographed. Oh, nice. Of, of sorts. <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a traditional autograph. What's he do? Uh, he just sort of printed his name and like it was like block letters. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually takes a little more effort. Yeah, it's just a straight up autograph. I've seen a couple artists just print their name as autographs. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah it's fun. <clears throat> well, that's like cool. if uh, anybody ever buys a comic that I do, you're pretty much lucky if you're gonna be able to make out the E. <laughs> it looks cool though. It's it's like a Walt Simonson kind of thing. You get one? No, because uh, his is a thing. Yeah, he he draws a dinosaur. What? Walt Simonson's signature? Yeah. It's a dinosaur. Really? Yeah. I've never noticed that. Oh, yeah. I'll have to look at that. <laughs> huh. Is it always the same dinosaur? I think so. It's like a brontosaurus. Really? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Man, it's like... Today is full of revelations, because today we were driving around listening to Beat It in the car, and uh, Kathleen was like... She's like, you know who does the guitar on this, right? And I was like, Eddie Van Halen, right? She's like, yeah. And we kind of talked about it for a second, like, you know, that, that's a weird coupling of people, even though they were both big in the 80s. And I was like, I was like, but, you you know, it's not as weird as, like, Carrie King doing uh, the Fight for Your Right to Party guitar. And she was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I can't believe I didn't know that. So she's probably right now watching the YouTube video of Fight for Your Right to Party. Because I told her, I was like, he's even in the video, I believe. Huh. <laughs> right. Is a revelation to me as well. Really? Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I guess sort of makes sense. Weren't they both on the same record label? Yeah, yeah. like yeah, Rick Rubin's yeah. Def Jam or whatever it was called yeah, back then. Def Jam or Def American? Def Jam. Yeah. Or two cares. Yeah, I think it was Def Jam, Def American. He's he's got he's like the Jefferson Starship of uh, record label guys. <laughs> he keeps changing his name and like just adding pieces, sort of like Durf. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, somehow the universe has forced us back on topic. <laughs> so yeah, he goes by Durf Backdurf now. Yeah. Just like his quote air quotes full name, I guess. Yeah, his real name is Jeff Backdurf. So Durf is just his uh his nickname. It's uh, more memorable, you know. Yeah, yeah. Short, sweet, to the mm-hmm. punch. Yeah. Durf. Yeah. It's like Nerf. We're not gonna forget it. Yeah. I mean we grew up loving Nerf. Right. Rhymes right. with Nerf. But I mean, you know, I bought that uh, that floppy version of uh, my friend Dahmer back in 2002, whatever that was, and uh, like I read it back then, and then I don't think I've read it since. Yeah. But I've always remembered Durf and my friend Dahmer. Yeah. So then, imagine my surprise when, like a year ago, I read that uh, the thing is, like, 
I was reading something, and it was like, one of the best graphic novels of 2012 is uh, My Friend Dahmer. And I was like, what? <laughs> like someone that shit back in 2002. <laughs> it was like 20 pages long. Someone stole Durf's idea. <laughs> Who's this Durf, back Durf guy stealing Durf's idea? <laughs> but yeah, so my friend Dahmer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm guessing there's no one who doesn't know who Jeff Dahmer is, right? Uh, I don't know. It's possible. It is possible. It's very possible. I mean, if, uh, you know, you didn't grow up, uh, like maybe if you were just a kid in the 90s. I bet uh, our, our sometime listener, uh, Je- uh, James Abels, he might not know. Really? Well, anybody that's into, like, metal or something, because uh, that kind of imagery always creeps its way. I guess, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that was... I mean, it's it's entirely possible, but, but it's probably unlikely. Mm. Well, look him up if you're not familiar. Yeah. Uh, uh, we can give a little rundown. Yeah. Because I think... I think it's safe to say that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer is our serial killer. You mean like because he's from our time period? Yeah, uh, like like, and he, he's from Ohio. He got yeah, he's from Ohio, and he he got caught uh, when we were you know in our formidable years and died in our formidable years. Right. In sort of a big media frenzy around him. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think there's been uh, as big a serial killer since. None that I can recall. None that have been caught or whatever. Right, or or even have a memorable name. Right. I know there was a guy from Cleveland like a year or two years ago who killed like four or five people and buried them in his crawl space or something like that. (laughs) Uh, But can't remember his name. Don't remember much anything else Uh, about that case. Yeah, I don't remember that either. But Jeffrey Dahmer was was, uh, embedded in our heads. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Um, yeah, because... I like. I remember being fascinated by, I don't know. Like I, I, I loved reading about things like that when I was a kid, like Jack the Ripper and whatnot. And then I remember when that came out, I was probably like, you know, the news came out that he, you know, was this murderer. Right. Uh, I was, we were probably. 13, I was like thirteen, yeah. yeah, and it was fascinating to me. Oh yeah. I read a. I remember I read a book called. It was called like Milwaukee Murder or something. Milwaukee Murder. And I just remember I was in homeroom class, and uh, Mr. Menzik, my homeroom teacher, was walking around. And, uh, you know, you could, it was free period. You could do whatever you want in homeroom. And I was just reading that book, and uh, he, he walked over. He's like, oh, it's good to see people reading, you know? Because like, most people in the class were, like, playing cards or just, right. like, asleep. And uh, he's like, I've got two girls, and yeah, I, I don't really approve of what they read. But he's like, what, what, what do the young boys read? And, like, I just held up the book so he could see the cover, and he just goes, oh. And that was a, there was no more, like, good job or, yeah. you know. And then he killed himself that night. <laughs> uh, maybe he got his daughters to read something more interesting. Because they were probably reading, like, I don't know, I don't know Goosebumps or Babysitter's Club. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Reading's reading. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, for some reason he didn't. Don't, don't judge what people read. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm talking through you to your old teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Twenty years. Whatever ago. it was, he didn't like his daughter's reading it. Right. Fuck that guy. Maybe they're reading the same book. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know what? But yeah, if his daughters were reading at all, screw him. Who no. cares what they were reading? Uh, as long as they were doing the the, the deed the, of reading. Yeah, exactly. It's good. 
want to go out and read Twilight, I'm sorry that you're doing that, but, uh, you know, hey, at least you're reading something. My mom just told me that she wants to read Shades of Grey. <laughs> That's upsetting. <laughs> well, maybe she can hang out with the uh, 60-something-year-old man that I saw at Perkins uh, reading the same book. I don't want her hanging out with anyone who reads that book. <laughs> uh, doesn't she occasionally hang out with your girlfriend? Yeah, uh, yeah. does my girlfriend read that book? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, they're uh, they're no longer allowed to be within. I'm gonna get a restraining order against my girlfriend or my mom. Probably my girlfriend since I live with my mom. Oh, <laughs> uh, life is awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, my friend Dahmer. Yeah. So so Jeffrey Dahmer. You were. His biography or whatever. Yeah, yeah I was just, I was fascinated by that case. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. We, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it was sure. like because it was like you you'd seen all these horror movies and like read about Jack the Ripper and Jack the Ripper does not seem real because it's just such a weird, ambiguous right. fantasy at this point. You know, it's like a hundred years ago and so many weird theories about that case. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't like real right. to me. It was just more like a horror movie. And then when this comes out, you're like. You know, you keep seeing these little details unfold and on the news, and you're like, "This is real. This is like, this is, right. you know, just like this is a guy right. that lives like and two hours away from us, or he did, you know." Um. So yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So so uh, something. So he sort of became uh, like this weird pop icon on top of it all too. I guess it's sort of the same thing with like Charles Manson and, and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, I remember there being uh, <clears throat> comics about him, like you know, in the nineties, you, know, you know, that were just exploded. Oh yeah, and like you know, like Hardy Fisher. Hard Fisher. Yep, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, Slayer wrote a song referencing him. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, when I when I saw that book, you know, initially at uh, at Space, you know, I mean. You know, my first instinct is like, you know, well, it's just going to be crap because, you know, the whole Park Fisher exactly, you know, yeah. type of thing. That's exactly what I expected. <clears throat> and it is, uh, it is not that. No, not at all. Um, so this is the the greatly expanded version of, of that 20-page comic. It's like 10, 10 times as much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actual... Comic storytelling. I think there's like 200 pages. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then here's why I wish you would have brought your book because I think my version has more things in it than yours does. Oh. Yeah. Mine had a like a 30 page like like typed out thing at the back. Right. I had that, and then I had uh, additional stuff. Oh. Uh. <clears throat> It actually it had the the because uh, that uh, the original version of this comic actually was just a, a, a compilation of like a couple of short stories that he had put out like you know mini comic form or oh, okay. published in, like another magazine or anthology or something. Uh, so the first of those is reprinted in this, and there are deleted scenes that that uh, he oh, drew okay. for the comic and then uh, just decided didn't fit. Oh, yeah. Exactly with what he was doing. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was in mine. Yeah. Because, hmm. uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was, as I was reading, there was, like, a couple places where, like, at the bottom of the page, it would say, uh, 
for uh, deleted scene, go to page 245. Huh. So go to that and then see uh, what it was. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But we can talk about those a little later. Let's get into, into this. Yeah. So, so yeah, so this is the, the 200-page version of, of, that, uh, of that comic. And uh, I did decide to reread that 20-page book mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, to see, sort of compare and contrast. Right. And it's weird because a lot of what gets covered in this book, like, you know, at least thematically and, like, the right tone of it, uh, is all, like, in that 20-pager. Right. You know, so, like, like they're very similar. Uh, but this obviously goes into a lot more depth. Right. You, you can kind of gives it more breathing room, probably. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, does the thing that uh, I don't think that people really look for in uh, uh, a story about serial killers is uh, finds a little bit of... Uh, uh, a sympathetic tone to it. Some humanity. Yeah. Right. At uh, least to a point. To a point. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so basically this is, this is sort of an autobiographical comic. Yeah. Uh, about Durf and, uh, his, his quote unquote friendship with, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, they were, uh, they, they lived like, uh, like five miles away from each other. Right. Yeah, uh, they they both had sort of similar upbringings. Chemist parents and yeah, they, they lived in like similar places, uh, and they both went to the same schools. Uh, it's just that uh, just uh, Dahmer's family life was was a little bit of a, a struggle compared to Durf's. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, which which contributed. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it did. Because, uh, I mean, what what's depicted in the book is, is it's rough. But, like, based on, like, everything else that we know from, like, other serial killers, you know, he, he definitely did not have the worst upbringing right. of, like, you know, anyone else who, who goes on to commit horrific crimes. Right. You know? At least, not that he's mentioned, because I've, like, back in the 90s and then again... Right after I read this book, I, I watched some interviews with Dahmer right. on YouTube. Um, like, there's a really long one that Stone Phillips did, um, which that guy is so freaking weird, Stone Phillips. But, but, anyway, <laughs> but, uh, I, like, I don't know that Dahmer was the most off-putting person in the room when I was watching that interview. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he clearly, like, states, you know, like, oh, you know, this is not something that, you know, my parents did, or that you should right. look at them to blame. Like, <clears throat> like you know, he seemed to aware. Yeah, aware. exactly. So I mean, it's it's baffling. Yeah. I, I think because I mean, yeah, you, you look at the history of like other serial killers and like their their home lives were like full of abuse and neglect. And I guess his was a little bit of a neglectful, you know, yeah. upbringing, but uh, definitely didn't seem abusive. Right. And, but of course, you know, with this, we're we're looking at a. Like a third-hand view. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, but... But, but you know, right. he did do research, you know, like like he, he read the the book that uh, Dahmer's father wrote, and he you know, did, like, look through all the interviews and then, you know, compiled a lot of research, you know, on top of just his own 
personal experiences. Right. Yeah, I guess Durf interviewed tons of people from the school and yeah. you know, from the town. And... But yeah, so I mean, it basically takes place in the late 70s right. when they were in good school and high school. Uh, just high school. Yeah. Uh, mostly high school. Because mm-hmm. uh, it makes a point of it of saying that uh, like throughout like junior high, you know, they like Dahmer was just invisible. Like nobody knew he existed. And uh, and then like they got into high school and then like Dahmer changed and like he just started acting out. Yeah. And, and that's when they first started noticing him. Uh, but like, you know, Durf and his friends, they were all, they were all just nerds and losers too. Right. Uh, and like Dahmer was just, just like even more of a nerd and a loser than they were. Right. Like he, he couldn't quite, he, I, yeah, I mean like he was like Durf and his friends seemed like they weren't popular, but at the same time, like they found each other. Right. Yeah. Whereas Dahmer was just, yeah, just kind of lost. It seemed like. Right. And, uh, so they're in. Like, throughout the story, like, you get the impression that, like, none of them were ever really friends with Dahmer. They just sort of hung around him occasionally because uh, yeah. he was so weird. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, throughout the book, it's just he uh, he goes around imitating, you know, uh, this guy that he knew with uh, cerebral palsy. And, mm. like, you know, Durf and all his friends just thought it was hilarious. Right. And that's, and- like... Why they even just started hanging out with him. Right. They're like, that guy's hilarious. And uh, they actually called themselves the Dahmer Fan Club because, right. you know, yeah. And they would insert, insert him into uh, high school photos and, and things yeah. like that. Like, let, let him sneak into uh, the Honor Society uh, right. photo shoot. And yeah, it's so weird to see all that. I mean, because it's like, even, even realizing you, like, like I said earlier, you know, wow, this guy's a human. This is really happening when you watch it unfold. Right. It's still so bizarre to think of, like, oh, they just, you know, he was, you know, just clowning around with his buddies. Teenager, and, yeah. yeah. it's so bizarre. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, and, and, like, when you really think about it, like, as much as he, he was sort of neglected, you know, in his home life and, and how socially awkward he obviously was, I mean, to think of the fact that, you know, this group of, like, you know, I guess there was, like, more like 12 people in the group, but in the book, the right. four of them are really ever mentioned. Just to make it simpler to tell the tale. Yeah. So so when you think about, like, the fact that, you know, that was probably the most friends that he ever had in his life, and it was probably, like, the happiest time of his life. Yeah. At least before he just started indulging in his, you know, his fantasies, fantasies right? Yeah. yeah, even in that Stone Phillips interview, because um, I watched it like the, the night I finished the book, and yeah. there's even a point where, you know, he's like, oh, childhood wasn't yeah. all bad. He's like, I mean, you know, I had friends in high school, and that was a really good time. And, yeah. you know, like, I like I just I just picture him, like, hanging out with Durf, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, I can only imagine, like, because, you know, it's the 70s, and it's a small town in Ohio, and, you know, he realizes he's gay. Right. And he has nobody to really talk to about that, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm like, sure that also played a part in, in how he turned out. Right. Like, feeling uh, feeling like there's... Like, being an outcast in the first place, and then feeling even more of an outcast. Right. Yeah. Like, he can't really even talk to his outcast friends about that. Right, It's, yeah. like, one thing that he doesn't have in common with them. Right. Uh, but then, you know, uh, as it's revealed, you know, he 
like not only was he just gay, but he also like had necrophiliac fantasies, right. you know, like power fantasies and stuff like that. And that's like you know a third layer of, of outcast. You know, I mean, maybe you can find eventually somebody to talk to about uh, you know, being gay, but you definitely aren't going to find anyone to talk to about how you want to just kill a person and lay with them. Right. Yeah, it's so that's so weird. I mean, like obviously neither one of us are trained to understand or like really try to figure that out but at the same time like it's natural just to want to to be like when you read a story like that like why you know why does something like that happen like like how does that you know how how does it get to the point where you're like okay i've just you know mutilated some roadkill and jerked off and maybe i should really rethink things and like talk to somebody i gotta find somebody to talk to you know like how does that not stop there like even if if even if it's super super hard to find somebody right i mean that is so bizarre to me yeah uh i mean you know but yeah i mean how do you how do you go about bringing that up to you know a your parents who generally just ignore you or you know any of your friends who just you know hang around with you because you're just so bizarre anyway right so yeah i mean it's just yeah, I guess if you brought it up to your friends, they would probably just make fun of you. If you right. brought it up to your parents, they'd probably just, you know, have you <laughs> kind of locked up or right, yeah. put, you know, lots of medication in, into your body. Yeah. And so, that's so sad. Yeah. And, I mean, that book was sad, but at the same time, just really engrossing. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it shed a whole new light on something that, like you said, we kind of grew up with, but we never saw that side of. Right. I don't think, <clears throat> well, I mean, that, that counts for pretty much anything like that that happens. You know, you never see, you never hear about, you know, uh, you know what kind of friends did Charles Manson have when he was 13 <laughs> years old. You know? Right. <clears throat> and I mean, I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but, you know, it's, it's you know, usually not in, like, a, a format like this, for sure. Right. But, yeah. Uh... Because, I mean, because it is weird, because, like, every time that there is a book that comes out, you know, about, like, you know, a serial killer or someone, you know, infamous, you know, it's always written by someone who is, like, super close to that person and, like, you know, saw, like, the whole deal go down, you know, or was just, you know, just, just enough on the periphery that they weren't involved. Right. But, but. This but they have some angle on it. Right, yeah, but but it's this is a guy who, you know... Like, rode around in a car with him and... Well, not only that, but just, like, you know... I mean, you know... The end of their relationship was, you know... I mean, I guess he did kill his first victim, like, you know, weeks after, like, they both stopped hanging out with each other. Right. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know... Uh, he, he was there for the most that. part. Well, yeah, he was there like you know early, but he was never there for like you know the 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 huge downfall of it all. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, in fact, you know, other than like you know a couple of mentions here and there throughout his life, you know, how often did he think about Dahmer? You know, between 1978 to 1991. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so strange. <clears throat> I can only imagine because I mean I I. I I, you know, I love drawing autobiographical comics, and I'm pretty sure I would, I would do one about 
someone I knew if I found out they did something right so bizarre and horrible like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would think that you know if if yeah if that did happen to someone that that you knew you know I mean that's a way to just sort of process yeah exactly know, all that information yeah, yeah exactly to just to, <clears throat> I'm sure yeah I'm sure it was very cathartic for him to 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 work through that right to do that book because I mean yeah whether whether or not yeah <clears throat> I mean yeah despite the fact that there was like 13 years where he never saw the guy I mean you know to suddenly find out that oh this guy that I used to hang out with like all the time you know was guilty of these horrible crimes right you know it's like Man, that's gotta, it's gotta mess you up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's that's one thing too that was kind of like I thought about when I was reading the book is, do you think he feels like, you know, because there's some times in the book more than once and like especially there's there's a time where he even says, you know, directly to oh, the yeah. re- to the reader, you know, like why were no adults doing anything about this? Oh yeah, and it's like you know I'm not I'm not thinking. That Durf is to blame, oh, but no, I'm, yeah. but I mean that's got to cross his mind too. Like, you know, did I did I see or uh, you know notice something that I should have told someone? About yeah, him, right. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, well, you know, you got to think of, like the one friend who saw him just you know butcher a fish. Yeah, you know, just to to see what it looked like. Right. I mean that that's a thing that somebody should have maybe. Mentioned to, to right, a yeah. guidance counselor or something, yeah. Uh, or, but yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it is one of those weird things where, yeah, it's it's just, and obviously, you know, and Durf even makes the point in the book, you know, they were all, you know, 16, 17 years old. Right. You know, pretty much your day-to-day life is just focused on your problems right. and what yeah. you're going through. I, yeah, I... I like I've I known I've knew some weird people in high school and right. you know although it would surprise me if I heard like one of them was a serial killer you know like I mean it's possible right, right, right. and you could you could only imagine like the weird guy in high school like well you know yeah he was really strange but I mean I thought every high school has a really strange guy you know right, yeah. you know, like you don't think to you know I don't know I couldn't imagine I couldn't right. imagine that it's so bizarre. Is this the first autobiographical book we've reviewed? No, I don't think so. No. Oh, that's right. No, because we did, like, Stitches and... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think even, like, one of our first books was an autobiographical book. Okay. <clears throat> Shiny Stool. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. But, yeah, this was pretty heavy. Heavy yeah. stuff. Yeah, And And so not what I thought it was. I thought, I thought it was going to be either A... Like you said, it was going to be just like super exploitive. Yeah, yeah, just like some guy doing like you know, hey, my friend Dahmer, we and him like killed people together, and you know, ha ha. Like I thought it was going to be like just fictitious, right. or that it was going to be, you know, some guy that never really knew him, but you know, like he's like, hey, we went to the same school, right? You know, but I yeah, mean, yeah. They, they were. I mean, as much as he could be friends with uh, Dahmer, they, they were friends, right? Uh, like they, they even uh, the book even has uh, sketches that he drew back in high school of Dahmer, right? You know, as part of the Dahmer fan club, <laughs> like him hanging out of a garbage can, yeah, yeah, yeah. something else. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so strange. It's uh, I don't know, like like <laughs> I, I mean, we, we we've talked about the story quite a bit here, and, and 
but but uh, let's talk a little bit about the art. Yeah. Of the game. Uh, it's got a very crumb type of feel to it. Yeah. Uh, but a little more blocky, a little bit. It, parts of it remind me of uh, Peter Bag too. Yeah, baggy, baggy, or whatever. However you say something. I'm sticking with bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually, but, I think it is bag. Is it? Yeah. Because okay. uh, I think I heard an interview with him once, and they introduced him as Peter Bag. So. Although, and like this is no insult to Peter Bag, yeah. but I don't think I could read a 200-page book by Peter Bag <laughs> because his art is not palpable. Like it, <laughs> like it's it's great, and like he's amazing at what he does. But after, like, like because we read one of his books, so I'm sure it was like close to 100 pages. Yeah. By the end of it, I was like, I'm ready to not look at his art anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Durf's art I thought was great. I thought, yeah, yeah, I didn't think about Crumb, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's similar, especially that, that 60s style Crumb where it's like oh, yeah. real wavy and bumpy looking. Yeah. But uh, it's weird because they show, like, his old sketches and, like, some of them have, like, a similar feel to, like, the style that we get in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, you know, there was, like, one sketch of just Dahmer just, like, standing straight up. And I was like, wow, did Frank quietly draw that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his style was way different. Yeah, he was clearly a gifted artist even in high school. Yeah. Uh, and I guess he's done other books, uh, but, like, I've never checked him out. But uh, Yeah, Trashed. Uh, yeah. I actually really want to read that now. Yeah, me too. Uh, um, there's something about, something about punk rock. Oh, yeah, punk, some trailer park punk rock. Something know. like that, yeah. And I guess he does a comic strip called The City. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously For, not published here in Dayton. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we know it's about Cleveland, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah I'll definitely check out Trashed, because, yeah, it's like his his life and times as a garbage man or right. something. Uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And that's the thing about, like, you know, I've, I've always sort of, you know, had that position of, you know, fuck autobiographical books, but, uh, I don't mind them if they're about something interesting. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously I've never been or never will be a trash can collector or a garbage collector. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll read that. I'm sure you, I'm sure you can see like cool stuff like once a a week. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. There's some interesting stories in it. Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, Knowingly, I've never been friends with a serial killer. Yeah. So, I've had one or two friends over the years that I wouldn't be very surprised. Right. Like, uh, one of them you've met. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> we're talking about Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were talking about Kurt. Uh, um, but yeah. Yeah. How bizarre would that be to realize someone that you knew? From from school or something. Right. I don't think I could handle that. Yeah, that would. Uh, yeah, uh, that would be weird. Uh, I mean, I can barely handle the fact that some of the kids I knew in uh, grade school grew up to be stoners. Yeah, <laughs> it's just as bad. <laughs> it is equally as bad. They're both illegal. Yep. Enough said. Judge Dredd, he would. <laughs> Judge Dredd would look at Tommy Chong and Jeffrey Dahmer the same way. <laughs> <laughs> but do, but do you think like there's an element of exploitation to this at all like as far as not like i don't think the story is at all oh, yeah. but as far as just like like i remember i was at tcaf last year and uh he had a table there okay. and there's like a big big banner that said my friend Dahmer, uh-huh. and i don't even know if the book 
Actually, I guess it, it probably was out because this was like May. That was this year. Yeah, that was this year. Um, and I just remember like seeing it and going, oh, that's, ugh. you yeah. know, you know, like as much as I'm like interested in serial killers and that whole, like the pathology or whatever, I just, I just assumed that it would have been a really exploitive, horrible thing. And, uh, and like, I wonder if it's not a little bit anyway, because I mean, he is just making a lot of money off of this. Uh, yeah, um, there, there is a small element, I think, uh, no matter how much he wants to try to deny that there is, because, uh, I don't know if it's in this one or if it's in the, uh, the 20 page book, but, uh, uh, he, he wrote an intro to both, right. uh, <clears throat> and, uh, and one of them, he talks about how, you know, yeah, he got some threats when he first published it because, you know, the, the exploitive, you know, nature of it. And right. he said that he's, you know, he really isn't, he said he really isn't looking for the money because if he did, obviously he would have published it back in like 1992. Right, yeah. And that makes some sense, but, you know, I mean, it is still a little bit trading in on the name and the recognition that yeah. people have. So... Whether it's intention or not, but there is a little bit in there. Yeah, I mean that's kind of way I look at. It. Like I don't, I don't think it's necessarily his intention, or like you know, even if that is a conscious decision. Like I don't think it's his main goal. Like, like I think he really did need to tell the story, right? And I think he wanted to because he's, you know, I mean, like that's what he does, you know. Right. But at the same time, yeah, it's like I don't know. There's just a part of it that's, you know. It's always going to have that exploiting, exploiting nature to it. Right. I think it would have been worse. <clears throat> and while he does get into it a little bit in the, the text portion of the book, uh, you know, I think it would have been worse had he, you know, touched on, like, the victims. Right. Like, yeah. the main period of, of his, his kills. Right, because it stops when he stopped knowing them. It's not, right. It doesn't go into all that... Right, he's not recreating the horror. You right, know. right. Because even, <clears throat> uh, even in this book, like you know, they do, they touch on the, the very first victim, which happened like weeks after they graduated from high school and they stopped associating. And uh, like even then, like the, there's really not much to it. They right. just show the guy. Yeah, and he's then a little bit of the aftermath. Right. Uh, but like you know, not like the the gory details or that, anything like that. That's true. It's not like like again, from hell uh, is uh, the Jack the Ripper story. Right. Um, again, it's so removed because it was you know over a hundred years ago in another country. But right. but uh, and it's also taken this weird like mythological feel yeah. to it. It is, and like it's it, the Jack the Ripper character you know quote unquote is like so surreal now oh yeah to us that you know yeah, yeah. it's like a boogeyman story yeah because no one's ever you know but but even that like there's a, a sequence where it very gratuitously gratuitously shows one of the murders right. and even that even knowing that that is and you know a, a really well-researched version of actual history right. um even that seems so less gratuitous than you know, if if Durf had like shown like right, him right. sawing Oliver Lacey's head off or whatever, right, right. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think I think he he made good choices as far as keeping it 
as tasteful as you can, uh, no right. pun intended, I'm sorry, uh, as tasteful as you can do a Dahmer story, but, um, yeah, and, and, and I'm, I was, I brought that up more of just a curiosity, like, I don't, I'm not, like, my stance is not, like, you know, he's exploding, right. but I was, I was just curious what you thought, because that entered my, my mind. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there has to be a small element of it, whether it's intentional or not, but it is there, and, you know, like, yeah, I think, I think ultimately this book is just him trying to get out, like, you know, what he feels about the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a very small element of exploitation, I feel, but I don't think he ever intended that. Yeah, uh, it just, it's, and, it's definitely not his ultimate goal in right. having this book out. Yeah, it largely just seems <clears throat> a cathartic tale of him, right. you know, getting rid of that. And he does try to bring up some good points too that you know like at any point in time like like he brings up incidents within this book that like at any point in time Tomer could have been stopped oh yeah 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 uh, if he had just gotten the the attention and the help that he he obviously needed right or even yeah i mean it even kind of like it only mentions that once in this book uh but like the ineptness of the police where they pull him over and it's like two in the morning and he's got uh, rotting human parts right. and garbage bags on his car and they smell it and they're like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's just trash. And they're like, all right, yeah. go ahead. <clears throat> and and I know, like, I mean, Durf doesn't talk about this, but later on, uh, Dahmer was, um, you know, he was a registered sex offender because yeah. um, he had, for years, I guess, just kind of, instead of murdering people, he was just kind of exposing himself to people. Right. And, uh, I, you know, like, like a young boys, and, yeah, yeah, and like a a naked, bleeding, handcuffed boy who didn't speak English escaped from his apartment, and right. the cops gave him back to Dahmer. Yep, you know that is so crazy to right. me. It's you know, it's one of those points that's brought up also that you know Dahmer, because Dahmer got away with so much stuff in high school. That like he just thought he was invisible and right. he could never be caught. Yeah, like he said. Yeah, I think that's in the book. He thought that yeah. was like a superpower of his. Right. Yeah. It's like I'm uncatchable. Because uh, yeah, a big portion of the book is actually about how much alcohol Dahmer drank. Yeah. Uh, like uh, he was like by the age of like 15, he was like a total alcoholic uh, to the point where he had like uh, stashes of booze hidden around the school, and he. Like carried around a briefcase so that he could always have booze on him, right? Uh, and he would just drink openly in class with like a styrofoam cup. Yeah, and uh, like he got caught once, and that's like one of the deleted scenes, actually. Okay. Because uh, uh, I think they only briefly mentioned it in the actual story, but uh, the deleted scene actually shows like what happened, and basically he got called, he got caught, and went to the principal's office. Uh, and, uh, the, the principal basically said that, well, you know, I can call your parents right now and tell them that you've been drinking on school property, or I can, uh, give you a paddling, and, uh, that's the end of it. And Dahmer took the paddling, and what? then they just assumed that Dahmer learned his lessons and, uh, was, was just, uh, uh. And they actually literally gave him a paddling? Yeah. In high school? Uh-huh. Wow. Back in the 70s. So That's yeah. strange to me. Yeah. Hmm. So that was the only time that he ever got caught drinking at, in school. Wow. 
That's crazy. Uh, and there was uh, another incident that uh, is a part of the deleted scene of uh, uh, him. Uh, uh, I guess a classmate of theirs died, and uh, I guess it was a person that Dahmer, it sort of fit his uh, sexual ideal. Oh, yeah. And uh, he winds up uh, at one point attempting to dig up the grave. And uh, but the ground is too frozen, and uh, he gets frustrated and just leaves. And, and like the police just assume it was vandals or whatever. Right. And like years later, he admitted to that it was. Right, him. right. I remember reading something about that in the the like uh, the the backlog information. Right. Yeah, because the book is great. I mean, he really does kind of he explains a lot of the scenes, um, like in this you know like account at the end, right. um, and kind of shows where he got the information from and. It's, it seems really well researched. Yeah. I mean, other than the first-hand information and the second-hand information from his friends, and right. so, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. I feel bad that I, I like, I wish I would have, you know, had had read this earlier, and I could have talked to him about it uh, at at TCAF. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what you get for being a prejudiced asshole. I was, I know, right? Well, you know, part of it probably is, is my own, like, guilt because I bought the Hart D. Fisher stuff right. when I was, you know, that young, like, <laughs> like, I was like, this is awesome, you know, like, because clearly, you know, when you're a teenager, like, I understood that I, that I was interested in this, right. but, you know, everything is very confused when you're a teenager right. and, like, you know, <laughs> Like, my mind was like, it's because that's awesome, you know? <laughs> um, and then, you know, so, I mean, I wasn't, like, going around, like, you know, pretending like I was Dahmer and play, right, right, playing right, Dahmer right, or anything, right. but... Cosplay. I mean, yeah, no, I didn't do any cosplay. <laughs> but, but at the same time, yeah, I was, I was, like, fascinated by it, so, like, I, you know, I, yeah, I bought that stuff, and, like, right. I feel bad about that, too, so... Yeah. Even in that, uh, that, that uh, first edition of, of the book, uh... The, the, he has a section like in the intro. Uh, I know it's from that one for sure, where uh, he says, "Hey, if you're uh, just some sort of goth teenager who's just really into serial killers, or you're just the kind of person who obsesses over them, uh, don't write me." Yeah. And also, I prefer it if you just didn't buy this or read this. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's awesome. Yeah. So that sort of dispels a little bit of any. Yeah. Like any exploitation aspect, because yeah. because he also makes a very good point of saying that you know like he, he presents Dahmer as a very tragic, uh, sympathetic figure until the point where he kills someone, and then at that point, yeah, there is nothing left. Right. Yeah, because it does seem like, um, you know, I mean, you know, clearly, you know, we're being told exactly how it happened, but it does seem like at that point, you know, he he was pretty much gone as far as like who who he was and. You know, just add, like whatever human elements there were to just a you know right. a functional person were, were just gone at that yeah. point. And even like, even though he didn't kill anyone for like another nine years, I mean, just the fact that like from that point on, he was just constantly like in trouble with the law, and like you know, he was arrested multiple times, and he was a registered sex offender, and you know, just sort of a, a loser through the rest of his life. You right. Know? Like, that's that's. I mean that's sad. It really is, but right. but yeah, it's but, but you have to think that you know. I mean, as as 
barely in control of his life that he was up until that point that you know obviously that is where like he just lost all control right and it's amazing that you know he even lasted nine years before killing another person yeah yeah that is surprising but you know he clearly just you know no longer had any grasp of reality at that point so you gotta you gotta kind of like think about the people that are out there like working with troubled people like that at this point you know like you know, who are maybe helping prevent other people from, you know, like acting, acting on these horrible fantasies. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that could have done some, you know, similar things that have been stopped by just talking to people about it. Right. So. Yeah. You can always just hope, you know, that that is the case and that somebody out there was prevented just because, you know, someone, Someone listen. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. It's a pretty heavy book. Yeah. But uh, but really good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I recommend it. Yeah. Definitely so. I know uh, we we actually got one person to read it. Um, actually two because uh, when I ordered the copy in the Mavericks, um, Adam looked at it and he's like, "Oh, I want to read that." And so he ordered his own copy and then. Uh, and today, when I left to go to Kathleen's, Doogie was sitting there reading my copy, so... Nice. Good people to read it. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, although, like, I don't know anything about this uh, this Adam feller, but uh, just, just based on uh, my prejudices, <laughs> i guessing he's going to read it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I don't know. He, he has a good taste in comics. He reads Vegetalk Saturn. <laughs> like I said, he's going to read it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason I read Reggie Dog Saturn, just oh. to find out when you're going to snap. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already, you know, yeah, been naked and drunk, and uh, might as well just go ahead and take it to the next level in the right. next issue. Got to drill a hole into some homeless guy's head and try to turn him <laughs> into a zombie. Yeah, you know, that is something that was fascinating. Is like it, it, sometime it came to that point where he thought he was going to created like a zombie yeah. like troop or whatever right like that is that is crazy yeah that is yeah, clearly someone who just had no grasp of reality anymore right yeah, yeah. it's bizarre yeah All right, you wanna take a break yeah let's do that
Hi, welcome back to Gutter Trash. Hello. So that was cool. You showed me on the break some of the deleted scenes that yeah. you talked about. Because um, cause I, I guess we mentioned that you read the ebook. <clears throat> yeah. The ebook version. Um, Bought it off a comicsology. Oh. Did you go through the Mavericks portal? I did, but they didn't have it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, how's that? I don't understand. I guess I don't know how it works. Uh, I don't understand it either, but I guess uh, certain books are not available through the... The retailer portals? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's weird, because... Yeah, yeah, I totally would have done it. You, you would think, like, anything we can physically order, they would put in there. That's you bizarre. Think, yeah. Huh. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. So, so Mavericks did not get the 10 cents uh, oh, from my $10 that I paid. That's why sales were down this week. <laughs> I thought maybe, like, one of the magic hobo groups, like, you know, their car broke down or something. <laughs> Uh, sales couldn't have been bad this week. No, it was Black Friday. Yeah. Actually, it was pretty good. We had a pretty good turnout there. You guys had a sale? We did. Yeah. Some of it was big and some of it was not so big. Yeah. I, I spent some money there. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Bought uh, the two most recent uh, Walking Dead trades, mm-hmm. uh, one of which just came out Wednesday. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, caught up on that totally. And I bought something else that was just in my file. Yeah. yeah. You guys had 50% off graphic novels and trains. Yeah. Some other stuff that uh, your your owner fought against. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's usually pretty against any sort of sale. Yeah. Like, he, he comes up with weird statistics. He's like, if you think about it, he's like, I've done the research. Every store that's ever went out of business has at one point had a sale. Think about that. <laughs> hey, guess what? Every store that remains in business have also had sales. Yeah, probably more of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't actually say that, but I mean, he does always kind of twist. Like, like he doesn't like advertising because once in the eighties he advertised in a high school yearbook, and he and it was a coupon, you know, where you bring bring the sun and get such and such often. Right. No one brought it back in, uh-huh. and from then on, since the eighties, no advertising. <laughs> <laughs> because that one thing didn't work. <sighs> I mean, he was talked into splitting a billboard with his friend Ron. Right. Um, but that's, I remember that. That's the only other time since the 80s that right. we've advertised. And, like, he was so against the billboard, but Ron, like, basically strong-armed it into Because he's like, I can't afford the whole thing, and right. it'll be good for your business. And uh, Wasn't it, uh... Wasn't you telling me that somebody saw... Like some sort of ad in like a, like obviously not sanctioned by Jack, but but uh, in like like you know one of those weird freebie sort of newsletter things that float around sometimes. Oh yeah, and uh, like they came in and was like, I saw this ad. I didn't even know this. Oh existed. yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah, like there was a guy in on uh, over the weekend and. He was like, "So did you guys just open?" And I was like, "No, we've been here since '81," and he's like. Oh, because, yeah, I live in town, and I've never... I mean, he was older, too. He was probably, like, 50, so it wasn't like, you know, he was only old enough to drive for a couple years. Right, right. And he he had no idea we existed, and he was into baseball cards and stuff. Right. Nobody knows we're there. That's That's too bad. That's why it's... For a store that's been there for 30-something years, that should be more of a thing. 
yeah. in the, the local area. Yeah, oh, I remember the first ten years I worked there, we didn't even have a sign out front with our name. Oh yeah, I like, remember that. Like it just yeah. like on the window, someone had put stickers that say comic books, but right, yeah. but there's no there was no Mavericks or comic book shop or anything. Right. So yeah, it's, I'm surprised that it, it ever lasted. You know. It was it opened at the right time where like all that stuff was huge in the eighties, right, and early nineties. But anyway, nothing yeah. about Mavericks. Fuck right. that place. Right. <laughs> uh, so so with uh, with Black Friday, uh, the 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 major American holiday comes the the uh, secondary major American holiday <laughs> of this past week. Oh yeah, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, do you do you do anything? Um, my brother uh, my brother came over and we just. We ate some, uh, well, they made a turkey. I, I didn't eat the turkey, but I, we, you know, we ate some food and it was pretty nice. It was just very low key. Yeah. Um, just like four of us. So. Do you, are you, uh, are you ever tempted to eat the turkey? No, no I never really liked turkey. Okay. Uh, the only, the only food or the only meat food that I ever really liked were, were chicken and fish. Um, but I don't even, yeah, I'm not tempted with this. But yeah, I never really liked turkey for some reason. Do you eat stuffing? No, I don't eat the stuffing. Okay. Because, um, I mean, it's generally vegetarian, but I mean, but it's inside of a turkey, in turkey, right? Yeah. No, I, I don't eat the stuffing either. You uh, you would not be able to eat the stuffing at my mom's house. Oh. Because that stuffing has meat. In the stuffing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, nice. She makes a rice and sausage stuffing. Oh. It is the greatest thing ever. I think I've heard about that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, I don't care how many years I've repeated <laughs> it. I will continue to repeat it. So you, I'm taking it you went over there again this year for oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very rarely do not do Thanksgiving at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, certainly, I have no friends who ever want to invite me over. Uh, <laughs> and uh, as, a, as, a, as a whole, none of our family ever wants to, to be involved with us either, so... So it's usually just me and my mom and dad. Right. Yeah. That's the kind of Thanksgivings I like. Like, I killed my coworkers. were like, yeah, I had to go to three different places. And, yeah, I couldn't do that. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. That's well, like, you know, the thing I mentioned last week about, like, you know, the, the, the people, the petitions to not work on yeah. Thanksgiving. It was like, huh. at a certain point, why would you want to stay all day at your family's yeah. house? And then... You know, yeah, to be one of those people that has to go to like four different places. Uh-huh. That sounds horrific. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some, and maybe it's like a good excuse to leave for those people. Like, I gotta, yeah, I gotta yeah. go to Target. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, every single job that I ever had, uh, you know, from ages sixteen through twenty-six, all involved me working on a holiday. Could not wait. All right. You know, it's like I mean, like working at the movie theater fucking sucked on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, but uh, at the same time, like at like six o'clock, I was like, oh, I gotta go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I I wouldn't want to have to work on Thanksgiving, but that's just me. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, I don't want to work, but you know, I will. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's an excuse to get out of the house because I don't like being somewhere other than my own house for more than twelve hours. Unless you're getting paid for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, there's been a couple times where we've like gone to someone else's house for Thanksgiving, and eh, I just don't like it. Yeah, uh, my mom doesn't like it. My dad doesn't like it for sure. Like we've been to my brother's house a couple times, and you know, like you know, 
like we don't have traditions, but like what we do have is consistency. (laughs) (laughs) And we like those consistencies of, you know, having dinner done by like six o'clock. Right. You know, and then the one time we went to my brother's house, we didn't eat till like nine. Oh, that's terrible. And like we hadn't eaten all day because we were waiting for this huge meal. Yeah. Oh, sucked. Oh, yeah, we did at, like, 2.30. Yeah. See, I don't get that either. I don't get the whole eating super early. Well, my brother had to be in bed by 4 because he had to be up at 11 to go to work at midnight. (laughs) He he worked midnight till 10 a.m. Friday um, at the mall. Yeah. So that's not cool. (laughs) But but still, you know, like, uh, if if you don't have to do that, like, I, I don't get why people early yeah. on Thanksgiving like that, but whatever. Uh, but certainly you shouldn't wait till 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Especially, yeah, like you said, if you've been starving all day and then you gorge yourself or right, yeah. you just like crash and right. tryptophan overdose. And, yeah, and, I've never had a tryptophan issue until this year. Oh, yeah. Like, like I've, I've eaten Thanksgiving for all my life. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but like, uh, we, we finished dinner, uh, this week and, uh, like almost immediately it hit me and I was just like, I'm gonna fall asleep right here wow. in my chair. Yeah. Maybe you found the magic pocket of tryptophan because every turkey has like one little bubble of tryptophan, <laughs> the main source, you know. Could be, could be. Found this tryptophan gland. <laughs> but, uh, well then yesterday I went over for, uh, leftover Thanksgiving and, uh, same thing. Crashed. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like dinner was done. I washed my dishes. And then, like, I went to sit on the couch. And I was like, fuck, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ours was awesome. Like, we had, we've got leftovers, which is cool. I love the leftovers. What good is leftovers if it's not turkey? We got sweet potato souffle and green bean casserole. It's good stuff. Can't make a sandwich out of it. It shouldn't be leftovers. You can make a green bean casserole sandwich. <laughs> put it in the pita pocket or something. I don't know. There's a lot of things you could do. <laughs> you just shouldn't do. Yeah, we've spent the last hour talking about things you shouldn't eat. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we, so that's pretty good. We made it this far without making that's a true. high school joke about cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you, uh, then work, did you do anything for Black Friday? Um, uh, I uh, worked, yeah, I worked open to close, and then, yeah, we we went out for, uh, food. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's not really what I was talking <laughs> Uh, I think that's it. Okay. I don't think I did anything else. Hey, I did. If you, if you were off, would you, would you have gone out? Hell no. I would not have left the house other than to walk the dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's even some stuff I want to buy, like, like, I'm, I'm gonna start doing, uh, selling some stuff on eBay, and I was like, eh, I've been thinking about buying a digital camera anyway, just to, you know, take photos when I go to comic conventions or whatever. Right. So I'm gonna buy one of those, and I'm sure I could have got one, like, $30 cheaper, but I, yeah, I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't wanna battle the crowds. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can find one cheap on eBay. I'm sure you can find one. Yeah, they're, they're uh, well. I mean, you know, Black Friday and all that, but uh, you know, from now until Christmas, there's always going to be deals. Yeah. So I mean, 
Plus, Black Friday is when they get rid of all the crap anyway. You know, they like shoot it out the door and people are all clicking their heels. They're so excited. And then the good stuff is on sale for Christmas. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> That's what we did. We got rid of all the crap. Yeah. All, those, all those Walking Dead trades that oh, these yeah. suckers bought. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, did you you did some shopping, didn't you? I did. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, did you trample anyone at Walmart for? Uh, yeah, but that was actually Wednesday, <laughs> just for fun. Yeah, just because I was at Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Uh, Why not? Yeah. Uh, no, I uh, I sort of did some Black Friday shopping. Um, I uh, I wanted to get a new monitor for my computer. Uh, and I figured that, well, you know, Black Friday, you know, I'm going to get a really good deal somewhere. On it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was looking out for ads and stuff like that. And, uh, I found a pretty good monitor at, uh, HH Greg, uh, for like a hundred bucks. It was a 22 inch, uh, widescreen monitor. It is a monster. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, okay, that's, that's the one I'm going to head for. And I left my parents' house, and they live right next to a mall. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, H.H. Greg opens at 10. It's like 9.30, 9.45 here. And also, who's going to H.H. Greg? <laughs> you know, like like every time you like hear the news stories, it's like Toys R Us, Walmart, Target, and Best Buy. Right. Like those are the places where like the crowds are and the, the psychopaths <laughs> and all that. I can go to H.H. Greg. Yeah, that's so, not going to be too bad. Yeah. So I, I drive to the H.H. Greg by my parents' house, and uh, I pass the Target, which has a massive fucking line, and their parking lot is so full that people are parking down at, like, the restaurant, like a block down, and there are cops everywhere. I was like, fuck, I'm glad I'm not going there. And I uh, passed by Toys R Us, and it was a similar situation. And then I got to the uh, the shopping center that has H.H. Greg in it. And uh, I pulled in, and, like, from the street, like, the line looked fine. Like, like I mean, there was people there, but, like, it looked manageable. Right. Not a big deal. I was like, I can wait in that. So I park, and, you know, I, I go to walk towards it. And uh, I get to where I thought the end of the line was. Hmm. And only to discover that they were... Uh, Circled behind the building. Oh, it like looped around like yeah, a, yeah. And so I saw that and out loud said, "Fuck this!" <laughs> then everybody go, "Ha ha, yeah." No, <laughs> they're like, "Yes, this <laughs> sucks." <laughs> and just turned around and went home. <laughs> uh, wound up buying the the monitor online uh, to pick it up at the store at a later date. Uh, then I got an email like two hours later saying that it was available. So uh, I was going out uh, Friday afternoon to meet my friend for breakfast anyway. And so uh, I just uh, had it uh, sent to the, the, the store nearest where we were meeting up. Right. And, uh, yeah, so after that I just went and picked it up and went home. Easy peasy. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you outsmarted the Black Friday. Yeah, took Ten minutes, mm-hmm. no line. Uh, the only thing is, I kind of needed a uh, cable to for for the monitor to attach to the to the computer. 
and I was going to go to uh, like Office Depot, but uh, could not make a left turn onto the main road. Yeah. Because uh, traffic, traffic was that right. bad because I was heading towards the mall. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I can go somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, it's craziness. People sucked the life out of the holidays yeah. with their consumerism. And the stores have too. It's mostly the store's fault. Nah, it's people. I say it's people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I actually I did a little research on Black Friday. Oh. Yeah. It was uh, not really a thing until like the late 60s. And only then it was in Philadelphia. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the Philadelphia Police Department started calling the Friday after Thanksgiving Black Friday. Not a term of endearments due to all the people shopping on that Friday. Okay. Uh, and just how much of a fuck up they were making the city. Oh, wow. See, I thought it was, I thought it was like stores that were in the red got back into the black. I think they've tried to say that that's what that is. And I think that is like what's most widely believed. Okay. But no, yeah, it's, it's because of, uh, people being assholes in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> huh. uh, and then that really didn't uh, that didn't really go outside of Philadelphia until like the late 70s mm -hmm. uh, and then like you know it started sort of like picking up a little bit of steam as like you know that being Black Friday right uh, but then even by like 1985 uh, Cincinnati and Los Angeles still like had never heard the phrase Black Friday really yeah wow <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I mean, in '85, I was still like eight years old, so I don't remember. Right. But yeah, I guess I'm not. I wasn't familiar with that until I was much older. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. Crazy indeed. Huh. <clears throat> well, I'm glad it's over. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad we're back to Red Sunday or <laughs> Orange Orange Sunday, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So. Uh, hmm. So, um, I'm I've still been reading that Jonathan Ames collection of it's called the Double Life is Twice as Good. It's pretty good. Um, is it twice as good? It's twice as good as anything else I've read by him because it's the only thing I've ever read by. Him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what else did I read? I feel like I read something else this week. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't believe I did. I don't think I got any. Oh no, I, I did get a couple comics this week, but I haven't read anything. Yeah, sure. just kind of, just kind of chilling. Yeah, yeah. I did watch uh, about eight minutes of Oh Brother Where Art Thou today. Okay. Before I I fell asleep, I I left Kathleen's early, and I was like, I'm gonna go take a nap before I go to Eric's, and I went home and I put in that movie, and I was out. <laughs> I was gone. Because it's awful. Yeah, because yeah. it's just a snoozer. Yeah. There's no explosions. Oh, uh, there's one explosion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that. It, the movie, like, everything about that is so, like, just it just cal calming, right. you know, but in a good way. Yeah. Like, the color and the just the dialogue and the music and the everything about it is just really, really awesome. That's cool. So, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much my day. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and chilling with Cat and napping. We went to Yellow Springs, of course, yeah. your favorite place. Uh-huh. Um, I bought a couple of records. Um, what records? Because we watched Friday night after we left the restaurant. We watched this documentary called "I Need That Record," and it was just about independent record stores. And it was kind of cool. Like they interviewed Mike Watt and Ian McKay, and you know, and just some like record store owners, and they kind of like followed this one record store around that was going out of business because of all the, the big stores, you know. And uh, it was it was kind of neat. But it kind of made me want to do some record shopping, so that's why we went out there today. <clears throat> but yeah, that's, that's pretty much my week in a nutshell. That's cool. That sounds good. How about you? Anything fun? Anything different? Uh, met my friend for breakfast on Friday. That was nice. Uh, what breakfast with friends is, is good. Yeah. She she had to work on uh, Black Friday, so we were meeting up before she had to go in for her shift. And got there at like 11, and so she had to be at work at 1. So we yeah, just spent an hour and a half chilling at this restaurant. Nice. Literally. Because it was, it was cold? Uh, yeah, the, I, I got there early, and the place was packed. So I was like, I better go in and like, get a table at least. And they sat me down, and I was like, man, it is freezing in here. And... uh so I ordered coffee, and then, like, you know, the waitress went away, and then my friend showed up, and she came back, and uh, I was like, can we move? <laughs> uh, there was a vent directly above that uh, that booth. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we moved, and it was fine after that, but then, like, after that, I kept count. There was, like, six couples that all got sat in that booth that all moved. Really? Yeah. So it wasn't just you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus that would just make your food really cold really fast, oh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one likes a cold breakfast. Nobody, unless it's cereal. I even like hot or cereal. Fruit. Yeah, I like well, hot the hot cereal yeah. should be hot, but the regular cereal <laughs> should just be cold. <laughs> uh, uh, something else. Uh, I watched, uh, watched the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, yes. I actually uh, really enjoyed that Uh really surprised how much i enjoyed it i'll have to watch that too i've heard yeah. good things i would recommend it it's it's uh yeah it's 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 a little bit of uh an unnecessary reboot but but i thought it was really good and it's definitely better than the third spider-man movie so yeah i would have to be yeah, yeah. i haven't seen an episode of any cartoon of spider-man that wasn't better than that <laughs> Maybe we should watch the uh, early '80s Spider-Man cartoon. Just, just to just, refresh my memory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I maybe I'll wait till after they cancel the Amazing Spider-Man comics. I'll, I'll watch okay, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's it's what? like two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think it's. Uh, is it still bi-weekly still that show? Yeah. So it's about a month from now because yeah. I think they're on ninety-eight right now. Was it bi-weekly or is it three times a month? Because I know they were doing that for a yeah, while. Yeah, they've done both. I can't remember uh, which one they're at. Uh, yeah, either way, it's stupid. Yeah, fuck Marvel. Uh, <laughs> really, seriously. like I I love a lot of the characters and I love a lot of the artists, but I have no interest in any other books. Yeah. But, uh, I did read some, some books. Uh, I got my comic shipment in. So I read uh, the all-new X-Men, number one. Oh, yeah. I read that, actually. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, it's it's a good premise. Uh, it's I I don't know exactly what the hell's happening, considering like all the other stuff that's going on. All right. Because 
uh, spoiler for the X-Men universe from the past year. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cyclops has basically gone nuts and uh, turned into the Phoenix at one point and then killed Professor X. And then uh, last I heard, he was locked up in a prison. Uh, I mean, that guy gets around. Yeah. It's uh, a busy year. So, so I thought he was locked up. And uh, he's, he's just running around in this book, uh, just uh, doing stuff, and then hanging out with Magneto and the White Queen. Yeah. Uh, See, an influence of friends. Yeah. And uh, some of the other, uh, the, the good X-Men remaining, uh, they've all decided that uh, they should probably figure out something to do uh, to, to stop Cyclops from giving everybody a bad name. All right. And so Beast goes back in time and grabs the original five X-Men <laughs> and brings them to modern day to stop themselves. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, seconds ago we were both like, fuck Marvel, we're not reading Marvel. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, yeah. But the only reason my, I got to call Well, you said that. Well, yeah. Well, the only reason I read this is I bought it for my girlfriend, and I was, like, waiting for her to get ready for we could go to lunch. Right. And it was just sitting there on the coffee table, so that's the only reason I read it. But, yeah. but uh I, I enjoyed it. Like I, th- I liked the there was a Back to the Future joke in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah. And like, if I have to read an X Men book, it it would be something like that where, like, the X Men from the sixties are in the present. That seems like a fun. Yeah. Like even if the present is kind of shitty at the Marvel universe, like it would be fun to see the sixties right, X Men right. interact with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll stick with it for a while. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not so anti-Marvel like you are, but uh, you know, I read uh, the newest issues of X Factor, uh, read the new issue of Hawkeye, which, which is still, I think, the best book that they're publishing. Uh, we'll have to re- read that for the show eventually. Yeah. If, I mean, if you don't pick it, I will. Right. Um, I read something else today. I read some other stuff. Any image books? Uh, no. Uh, my my pile is happy number two, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, yeah, I've only been reading Marvel and DC, other than like the two Walking Dead trades that I read uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, which I think mostly catches me up. Uh, those two, I think the volume seventeen is the one that just came out, and that's up to like issue one hundred two that that one has, and I think issue one hundred four just came out. I'm not going to switch back to single issues on that book. Has he ever said how long he's going to do that story? Yeah, like the first couple of issues, he said like issue 75. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to stop a train like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he has an ending in mind, but I'm sure he also wants to keep pushing it as long as he can. Oh, because, yeah. Uh, it's making some money. Millions of dollars is nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write that down in case that it's ever a question. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You know, it, it it blows me away that he's like able to do other stuff. It seems like that would be all engrossing. The walk, just I mean, just the whole thing that is Walking Dead, like not just writing the comic. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, like he's still doing Invincible and occasionally other stuff. Like, didn't he do Thief of Thieves or like? No. Or what do you, what do you, what do you do with that? He co-created it or something? Yeah, he basically created the concept. Okay. That other people are doing it. But he's what else is he doing? I know he's doing something. Else. Super di- super dinosaur. Super dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. 
So I'm, yeah, I'm surprised he's still like, like I'm surprised Invincible's kept the schedule and, and you know. I would say, well, I mean, Invincible and Walking Dead have been basically running concurrently since they started. Right. And I think actually Invincible came first, even though they're a little behind. Uh, but yeah, I don't see him ever quitting Invincible. Like at least like not while he still has that story to tell as well. Right. Uh, and it, it's still a really good book, you know, on top of it. Uh, but yeah, the the other stuff, you know, uh, yeah, I guess it is just Super Dinosaur, but then, you know, like he wound up, uh, like he has Invincible spinoffs, which other people work on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Thief of Thieves, like he just sort of created the book and then other people, like, did it. And that's why I only read, like, two issues of it. Uh... I mean, Haunt. He was doing Haunt for a while. He was doing Haunts, uh, and then he stopped doing that back in, like, issue yeah. 18. Joe Casey took over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Much to Jeremy's unhappiness. Yeah. yeah that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't, like, I, yeah, there are comic writers and artists that I don't like, but I would never just, like, in his position, I'd just never willfully not order books just because, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we still order Haunt. He just, I think there was a couple, like, I mean, it wasn't like something someone was like, when are you getting this? And like, oh, I don't know. You know, right, right, right. like it was nothing anyone like added to their file or like, he just didn't, he just doesn't like try anything unless someone is clearly going to buy it, you know? Right. Like a lot of, a lot of times <clears throat> we'll, we'll try stuff we don't know if we're going to sell, but yeah. And if it's written by Joe Casey, he just right. doesn't, unless it's on a file. Yeah. There's a guy that I'm Facebook friends with who, uh, and I don't know why I'm Facebook friends with him at this point, but uh, he's a comic fan. <laughs> Air quotes. He just yes, because uh, all he ever does is just bitch about comic books, and like Spider-Man is his favorite character, and he like like with with the most recent issue that came out. You know, he was just like, well, that's fucking it. You know, I'm never reading this goddamn thing ever again. And But, you know, he's also been saying that for, like, the past six years that Spider-Man has been, you know, ever since the One More Day thing. Right. You know, uh, even before then, you know, he's just like, you know, fuck Spider-Man, you know. And, like, and then, like, he, he listed, like, you know, now I'm only buying, like, you know, two books, you know, and they're both getting canceled. And, uh, but, like, he barely reads any DC... He's dropped all the Marvel books he's ever read, but he's never bothered to read like any creator-owned books or independent books or like, anything like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why are you even bothering to be a comic book fan here? Right. It's like he wants to be upset. Right. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, there, there's got to be something out there that you would like if you just tried it. Yeah. You know and. Uh, like Invincible or... Right, yeah. Or yeah. a number of things. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it doesn't even have to be a superhero book, nope. but... Yep. Yeah. yeah, he refuses to read anything that's not a superhero book, and he refuses to read anything that's not Marvel or DC. Huh. Well, good for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's a recipe for unhappiness. In yeah, this. pretty yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> It really is. Because, yeah, I mean, like, I, I would love to enjoy some of those books... But I can't because I know, like, even if it is good and, like, consecutively for, like, four issues, I can just feel it coming down the path where it's going to be roped into some giant event or crossover. And it just, like, I just, 
Like I would rather just not even read the the ten good ones, you know. Right. If it, you know if it's gonna degrade into that, I would just rather avoid that. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's like you know, know <laughs> a psychological problem or something. No, like, like I get it. You know, like like you know, you know again, I, I'm not as apparently anti Marvel as you are, but you know, a lot of the books that I do read are the ones that generally get left out of the events. Like your Hawkeyes. And yeah, you know, and these are the things that, that are just generally left alone. And, like, you know, like Daredevil, like, throughout Civil War was, like, never involved in that crap. And, you know, X-Factor is hardly ever involved in, like, any of the big X-Men bullshit that ever goes on. But then, <clears throat> occasionally they are. And it's just like, ah, fuck. Yeah. You just got to power through, like, yeah. those two issues. And I mean, that's not a big deal, I guess. It's just, to me, it's like... You know, it's not like I have so much free time that I could read everything. It's like, well, instead of reading those things that might sour, I'll just read something I know is not going to sour. You know, and and if I had enough time to read all of it, I would, I would, yeah, I like Daredevil. I'm interested in Daredevil, but you know, like I have a pile of books that I know aren't going to cross over anything that I haven't read. It's like, eh, just rather read that. I'm not saying that you're wrong or anything like that, but you know. But clearly, I am. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you know, to each his own. And uh, like I said, you know, like yeah, a lot of the books that I do read generally tend to get left alone. But then, yeah, you know, yeah, sometimes I do have to suffer through some kind of bullshit that I don't want to be involved with. Either. Yeah, it seems like they're they're good about leaving some of them for yeah. the most part out. Like like X Factor, I'm sure, isn't as tied into the X universe no, as, yeah. as the other X books. It is fairly left alone for the most part but you know they did have like a small tie-in well they didn't even have any tie-ins with the whole avengers versus x-men thing at all oh that's good so you know they, they avoided that i didn't realize that yeah uh, the, the only thing is like in the aftermath of that you know with the whole uncanny avengers coming out havoc being a part of that team oh uh, yeah was no longer part of that book and had only really been in it for like three issues at that point anyway <laughs> uh right yeah. So it's little things. Yeah, it's just little things here and there, but, you know, uh, what can you do, you know? But, like, you know, Daredevil, you know, I've been reading that book forever, and then they went and did their own crossover, like, you know, a couple of years ago, The Shadowland. Shadowland, yeah. And I was like, you know, man, I've been reading this <laughs> book for years. It has not been involved in any of these bullshit crossover events, and now it's having its own. Right. And I dropped the book. Yeah. <laughs> And then once it uh, once it cleared up and, and was just uh, now going to be uh, its own book again, then I picked it back up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Didn't it like become Black Panther for a while or something? Uh, they they do that with tons of all things. That is so yeah. confusing. They like they keep the numbering but change the title. Yeah. I mean, like somebody was in the other day and they were looking for they're like why isn't Thunderbolts in my file anymore? And we're like, because it's not Thunderbolts anymore. Yeah, it's and, and, yeah, and then like another guy was like, "Oh man, Dark Avengers! Oh, I'm not gonna read that. It's already on number like 178 or something." Right. I was like, "Well, actually, it's like number three. Or, right. ah, it's just it drives me crazy." With the the Dark Avengers Thunderbolts thing, at least the creative team is the same. Yeah, you know, and like they they're it's actually pretty much the exact same story. They just changed the title. All right, but then you have something like the Daredevil Black Panther thing, where it's like, well, Daredevil ended because of this stupid crossover 
And then now we're just going to throw Black Panther into his book uh, at that number eight. Yeah. It's a completely different <laughs> that's, creative team. And, that's so weird. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, well. What are you going to do? Uh, suffer through it. That's, that's what life's as, about. As the comic industry crumbles around us. <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> Well, fuck comic books is, I think, what we're we're getting to here. I'm leaning towards that statement. Yeah. So let's let's watch a movie instead. Yeah, those are always they never cross over. Nope. Well, Jason versus Freddy, maybe that was a no, yeah, crossover. Yeah. Uh, they hardly ever cross That's over. That's right. And uh, and they're they're going to live forever. And <laughs> forever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna pick a movie that will be around forever. Yay! Uh, so I'm pretty sure that this is uh, an English movie. Uh, oh sorts. yeah, because as we mentioned last time, the last three films we've watched have been foreign movies. Yeah. We're trying to broaden our horizon. Yeah. Uh, so this is a movie. It's a, it might be Canadian. Oh, that's foreign. But, but I'm pretty sure they speak English. Yeah. Uh, it is called No Such Thing. No such thing. I've never heard of this. It is with uh, Sarah Polly, who was in the movies Go and the Dawn of the Dead remake. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the movie Splice. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And uh, an actor by the name of uh, Robert John Burke, who is uh, he, he's a, he's kind of a that guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot whenever I see him in things. Uh, you would probably know him best as uh, RoboCop 3. I've never seen RoboCop 3. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would probably know him better as uh, uh, Tommy Gavin's uh, cousin. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah. Sweet. Is it a horror movie? Uh, no. Is it a comedy? No. Musical? No. Western? No. Porno. Uh, no. Those are the only five genres of film I like. Okay. Well, then, it's probably closer to a horror movie with a little bit of comedy than anything else that you mentioned. Maybe a slice of porno? Uh, probably not. Oh. Then Vito. Well, what? <laughs> no. A slice. Okay. Like, like a very thin fraction of a, of a porno. As long as there's a slice, I'm in. So, so there's a, a little chunky comedy. A little chunk of the horror, a very finely slivered piece of, of porno, but probably mostly a drama. Sounds like a like a tiramisu dessert, yeah. like a best of everything. But it is about a monster. Oh, sweet. No such thing. No such thing. Let's do it. All right, then. Let's watch a movie. We will. Right, right, right now. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather get something to eat first. Oh, yeah, you haven't eaten yet. Yeah, so so we'll do that. Then we can watch a movie. Sweet. Okay. Let's do it. Goodbye. Actually, just eat. I Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. 
Visit guttertrash.net for email information, links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.